Pastor Xavier Reese and the wide impact of God's divine plan for wives and mothers. How important is this virtuous woman? Society today tells you if you're a housewife, you're nothing. Let me tell you, you're everything. Because she affects her husband, who will affect society. She affects her children, who are going to make up tomorrow's society. She affects society by setting a standard of morality. As an example for young women, as you yield yourself totally to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Just browsing the covers of magazines near the grocery store checkout line, you'll get plenty of advice for what makes a woman attractive, according to the standard of the world. But seldom seen in the pages of Cosmopolitan are the values that make up a virtuous woman. And if it's attributes that are pleasing in the sight of God that one is seeking, Pastor Xavier says look no further than the ever-timely advice written for women that's found in the 31st chapter of the book of Proverbs. Let's listen in now as we discover the simple truths for what it really takes for a true marriage made in heaven. Let's get into this virtuous woman. Look at verse 11. It says, The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. He can trust her because she's frugal. She makes his earnings last as much as possible. He's not afraid of leaving the checkbook home. Now, it shouldn't be a thing where the wife is under some kind of fear where she can't spend, but there should be a, a, a mutual understanding of a budget. And if you don't, you're going to add a lot of frustration, a lot of turmoil, a lot of strife, a lot of damage to your home. But she's frugal. She makes those earnings last. And God knows we need that for today. Verse 12 says, She will do him good and not evil all the days of his life. This speaks not so much in external works, but the intention of her mind towards him. She always has him in mind. Now, please, this woman is not perfect. This is not consistent. But sometimes our flesh, instead of blessing our husband, we want to crown him with a frying pan or something. <laughs> but when we do, the Holy Spirit checks us, and either we say, bug off, Holy Spirit, or, or we say, okay, I won't hit him with a frying pan. I'll hit him with my fist. <laughs> you know, but at least we're conscious of it. And, and, and we're, we're, we're trying to yield to the Holy Spirit in that work. Her love is pure. It's unconditional. It's not based on emotion or feeling. Women, if you base your love for your husband on emotions and feelings, you're going to be in trouble. Because the woman is moved by what she feels. King Kong comes home and you're all elated. And you want to bless him. And he comes in and says, Hi, honey, how you doing? I could, I look at you. Shut up, man. I had a bad day. That's all it takes. She'll just keep quiet. The kids hear it, they'll stand straight up, watch TV, they don't say nothing because King Kong's home and he's upset. So everybody else has to be upset. You see, the woman is moved by what she feels. But then bedtime comes. And then he thinks he's Don Juan. And he can't understand why all of a sudden she's real tired. Let me give you a little tip of advice, man. Sex begins... From the moment you get up out of bed, how you treat your wife. She's not so concerned 
about what you do as much as she's concerned on how you do it. Do you love her? Do you cherish her? Do you only tell her she's beautiful when it's time to go to bed or on special occasions and then you forget? A woman cares about what you think about her, what you say about her. She is moved by what she feels. So the man has to be sensitive at the same time. In verse 13 it says, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Verse 13 actually speaking about that she meets the needs of her house clothes-wise. But the idea here is that it is her hand's pleasure. Not many people make their own clothes today, so I'm not saying you have to make your own clothes. But what I'm saying, the idea here is that it's her hand's pleasure. She takes joy in it. There's a satisfaction because she's meeting the needs. We are so conditioned today to, to buying everything that even the most simple things that would be more meaningful to do ourselves, we, 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 if we think about doing them, we say, ah, forget it. Too much trouble. I think it's important that we keep that in mind. It's her hand's pleasure. That's what she's saying here in verse 13. And verse 14 says, She is like a merchant ship. She bringeth her food from far off. She's enterprising. She shops the bargains. She shops around because she has her husband in mind. She knows what God has called her to be. Verse 15 says, She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She's concerned about her household over her own needs. And she counts it joy. Her children are taken care of. Her husband's taken care of. She rises while it's still night. Now that doesn't mean women. We're all different. Some people can get up early. Some people can't. But she's concerned with meeting the need. She sends the kids off prepared to school. She combs their hair, not themselves. Where the guy goes with, you know, looks like an earthquake crack down his head. <laughs> you know, little Susie goes to school with different color socks and her dress not pressed. You know how cruel kids can be. You want your children to be prepared to go to school. You want them clean. You want them pressed. You want them equipped with the Word of God before they walk out that door. Verse 16 and 17 says, She considers the field and she buys it. With the fruit of her hand she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. This speaks about she's been so thrift that she invests in a field and she starts planting it and, and she's preparing to sell those things for troublous times. Now, many men are really not financially geared in terms of budgets and that, so maybe the woman has to sit down and kind of share what's going on. And, and women, maybe you have to set aside, maybe, maybe it's $10 a paycheck, but it's there every paycheck. And when those troublous times come, you don't freak out. You say, hey, hey, look at the cookie jar. And he goes, oh, honey, I just love you. Because he sees how thrift you are and how, how you're anticipating things. I don't care how little money you make, you can always put something aside on a paycheck. You say it's impossible, you don't know. You can. You can. To prepare for those troublous times. Verse 18. He says she perceives that her merchandise is good. Her candle goes not up by night. She sees the benefit of her merchandise and is productive. She's last in bed. She's making these little garments with the idea of perhaps selling them later on or whatever it might be. But notice that all the work that she does is within the home. And she has one thing in mind, her household. How it's going to benefit the household. Verse 19 says, She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She's creative. 
She stole. She does different things. Verse 20, she says, she stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She's generous. She's compassionate. She's aware of the need of the neighborhood. The idea here is she has a personal attention to people. You know, sometimes we really want to be used to the Lord and we want to bless people, but we do it in such a way where there's no personal attention. It's almost like, here I am, I'm being obedient to God. God bless you. She's concerned because she's aware. She's sensitive. Today we don't even know our neighbors. She's not afraid of the snow, verse 21, for her household. For all her household is clothed with scarlet. She is visionary. She looks ahead and anticipates the needs of the house in times to come, summer, winter, whatever it might be. She's plotting ahead. That's part of being a good steward. You look ahead. Verse 22 says, She maketh herself covering of tapestry. Her clothes is silk and purple. After everyone is taken care of, then she takes care of herself. She never forgets the need and the benefit of repairing herself for her husband. Women, don't forget that you have to look good for your husband. Do you only fix yourself up when it's a special occasion? Do you fix yourself up the way you did when he was dating you? Don't let that fire go out. Don't let that creativeness go out, and that goes equally for men. Some men, all they do now after they got married is sit in front of the boot tube and belch. That's sad. Keep your bodies fit, man. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think one of the greatest sins in America is an abuse of God's temple. That's just as bad a sin as adultery. Sin is sin. You should take care of your body. Verse 23 says, Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She reverences her husband and thinks the world of him. How many young ladies, when your husband's at work and your girlfriend comes over or your neighbor, you say, yeah, that fat slob Charlie, he forgot to do this. Yeah, that dummy, he tried to look at that messed up job he did on that patch job on the wall. Do you reverence your husband? Men, the same thing with your wife? Verse 24 says, She maketh fine linen and selleth it. She delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Again, this is her enterprise. It probably reflects verse 18. The thing she was making there in verse 18 and staying up late, she sells them for revenue. Verse 25 says, She strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. This speaks of, of her reward, not only of the Lord, but of her own sowing. She's going to reap to it. When her children are growing up and they look back and say, Man, I had a virtuous mother. I remember when she used to just care for us. She would do without because she had us in mind. I remember how dad was gone because of work and, and how she would do all in her power to make up for dad and she never complained and she always undergirded dad. It's heavy. Her husband will come to her after her children are grown and look upon them and praise her for the job that she's done commendable. Women, you're precious. You're the most valuable thing to us apart from salvation. And don't let society today tell you any different. This is a housewife we're talking about. Society today tells you if you're a housewife, you're nothing. Let me tell you, you're everything. Everything. You're precious in the sight of God and godly man. Verse 26 says, She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. 
She has spirit control, having discretion, a gentle spirit. She doesn't just shoot off her mouth. Verse 27 says, She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Oh, this can be so destructive. In other words, she minds her own business knowing that there's enough business in her own house she has to take care of. She's not down the street trying to patch up other marriages. Now, that doesn't mean if God opens doors that you can share and counsel and direct to the Word of God. But it's interesting how many people, men as well as women, are always advising how to get their lives together, especially in marriages, and their marriages are all messed up. But they have the answer for everybody, but they can't have the answer for themselves. The Bible says that the husband must first be partakers of his fruits. In other words, you have to partake before you give out. It's like the measles. You can't give them unless you have them. Verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. She is appreciated. She is looked up to. She is cherished. What a woman. You say, well, I'm not like that. Yes, you are. In your own way, you are. But you shouldn't be satisfied. You should go on. You should refine the areas that God speaks to you about. You should, as husband and wife, sit down and, and talk with each other. How do you receive reproof from your husband? How do you receive reproof from your wife? Or do you say, well, you know what? You know, I've been, the Lord's been ministering to me about that, and I've been kind of thinking about that too. Let's do something together. How do you receive reproof from each other? Can you talk to each other? Do you communicate? Or do you take turns shooting at each other? Hey, we laugh, but do you know how many Christian marriages are so messed up because they're too proud, they can't communicate, they can't talk to each other, they can't receive from each other? They don't know what God can do for them because they aren't in the Word of God? Or they have it in their head but not in their heart? How tragic to have $100 in your pocket and to die of starvation because you don't want to use it. Isn't that the size of it today, spiritually? The New Testament has much to say about the woman also. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 11 through 15, just jot these down. And in Titus 2, verse 2 through 5. And let me just kind of just share some of the things. I'm not going to go all through them. We don't have time. But it says there that the women are to marry. That goes right back to the beginning of the study, the purpose of the woman. That the man be not alone and that he be complete. She is to bear children. She is to guide the home. That means a householder. It's only used one time in the New Testament. Take care of the home. Now, some of you women have to work, and I commend you. But no woman can tell me that she can hold down a full-time job and take care of her house the way she should. Now, equally, those women that are staying at home and don't have to work, many times don't take care of their house, even as good as those women that work. So we can learn from both ends. He says she's supposed to be sober, a sound mind. She's to love her husband, a one-man lover, preferably her husband. Love her children. That means to care with them, to be patient with them, to guide them, to be an example for them. Discreet, that means self-control, moderate, as to opinion and passion. Chaste, innocent, modest. Right there also in, in Timothy, it speaks about that woman that is tattling. And, you know, she just spends her time from house to house. You know, she's there at Mary's house in the morning when Charlie takes off. She'll coffee. She'll mug said, bye, Charlie, see you at five. You know, 
And they get together and they tattle and, and they just watch the soap operas and the magazine reviews and they fill their mind with pollution and everything else. Women, are you unhappy with your husband? Now you have to ask yourself why. Is it because he isn't yielding to God? Or is it because I'm comparing him to some soap opera and I'm trying to live it out? An ideal. Hey, there are no perfect marriages. We're all creeps. We're all selfish. I don't think there's anything harder than trying to take two imperfect people that are 100% flesh and try to make them one. That not only takes a lifetime, it takes the Lord. And it's still hard. She's to be a keeper of home. In classical Greek, that word there in Titus was translated a stayer at home. A housewife and a mother. There's not enough hours in the day. Not enough. Verse 29 of Proverbs says, Many daughters, now she commends her, Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. This is a specific praise to this woman. Don't compare yourself to this woman, but use her as an exhortation. And you lift your heart to the Lord. There are many women in the Bible that are classified as virtuous. In the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verse 11, Ruth was identified by the people as a virtuous woman because she did not leave her mother-in-law, but she went with her. She left her people, and she went out to the fields of Boaz, and she reaped, she gleaned the leftovers, and she was faithful to her. She was virtuous. Abigail, the wife of Nabal, meaning foolish, when David was fleeing from Saul, and he kept the fields of Nabal, and not one sheep was missing or, or any of his stock. And he went and he sent a young man, says, why don't you reward us, give us some food? And he says, hey, who's David? Every servant flees from his master this day. Who is he? He went back and told David, they said, I'm going to knock that guy's head off. I'm going to kill him. He got everybody ready to go down there. Abigail, his wife, heard about it. She was virtuous. She told the servant, hey, pack the donkeys, put some raisins, put this, put that. Let's go meet him. And she met David as he was coming down. And she prostrated herself before David. says, oh, oh, my Lord. Do not shed innocent blood in revenging yourself and be guilty before God. Take these things. For thy servant Nabal is, as his name says, foolish. And he commends her for stopping him from doing something stupid and in the flesh. Virtuous woman. Jael, Heber's wife, in the book of Judges chapter 4. Sisera was fleeing from the battle and he thought he'd take cover in her tent. And she said, oh, sure, come on in. Gave him a glass of milk, nice and warm. He fell asleep, took a tent stake, and drove it through his temple. Virtuous woman. <laughs> Pretty brave woman, too. <laughs> Sarah, Mary, the mother of Jesus. I mean, we can go on and on and on. These women in the Bible are there to exhort you, women, and to teach you. First Peter chapter 3 says that you are the daughters of Sarah, obedient, submissive, even calling Abraham Lord. That doesn't mean you have to call your husband Lord. <laughs> but it means that she reverenced her husband. Do you reverence your husband? It's important. Because whatever you think of your husband, that's what your children will think of their father. You set the tone. Now in verse 30, she gives wise counsel in terms of priorities for the woman. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. I don't think there's anything more tragic that has been given to women than good looks and good bodies. Because women learn very soon in life that when they have that combination, they really don't have to strive to do anything else. 
But again, there's nothing more beautiful than to see a young lady that is a very attractive young lady, and yet she's godly. She's modest. She knows how to handle herself. Because she realizes that looks will fade sooner or later. So she stays under the fear of the Lord. And she's praised all the days of her life. There's the priority, women. You have good looks? Hey, praise God. And face the fact that you're not always going to look the way you do. That's reality. All of us end up like shriveled up raisins before we die. At one time, we're a nice, beautiful, juicy grape. But before we hit the ground, man, we end up like raisins. Verse 31, she closes off by saying, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Jesus said it, you will know them by their fruits. Women, what kind of fruits do you have hanging on your limbs? Commendable fruit? Fruit of disgrace? Works of the flesh? Are you yielding yourself to the work of God? Two questions I want you to walk away with, and I want you to answer them for yourself even further than we can even touch here at the close. Number one, how important is this virtuous woman? Number two, who does she affect? The context here says her husband first, her children second, and third of all, society. She is virtuous, she is rare, and no value can be put on her because she affects her husband, who will affect society. She affects her children, who are going to make up tomorrow's society. She affects society by setting a standard of morality. As an example for young women, many of us have not had very good examples, and that's why we're in trouble. But when a young lady has a virtuous mother or has a virtuous woman that is very important in her life and she counsels her, that young lady wants to be as that woman. When a young man has a virtuous father, a godly father, that is the projection for that child. And when there isn't that father, hopefully there is some man that will get involved with that child. Either it will be a coach or someone else, which he will have a projection as a goal. But we don't have to go outside the home. We've got the Word. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got the family. All we have to do is yield to it. And it's not easy. It's far from being easy. It takes a dying to self. But the two shall be one flesh. In other words, even though they fail each other, they are so graceful and so gracious that when one stumbles or fails, the other one picks the other one up and they just keep on going. That's the picture of marriage. There are no perfect marriages. You will have arguments, but you'll also communicate and you'll get over those areas. And if it isn't one thing, it's going to be another because you've got two people that are flesh trying to become one and yielding to Jesus Christ totally and always means a denying of self continuously and that's our problem God has given you everything don't throw it away make the most of your marriages man the standards of society they'll destroy your marriage the biblical standard will enhance your marriage the choice is yours we pray that you will yield to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Prayer, study the Word, and fellowship. And God will do it.
Pastor Xavier Reese. Drawing to a close our time today, viewing a godly picture of marriage, vividly illustrated for us by way of Scripture's simple truths of the virtuous woman. And this message, our final segment from a verse-by-verse series of the book of Proverbs, is simply titled Proverbs chapter 31 and is available on CD for only $4, a CD that will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Proverbs chapter 31, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com